Welcome to episode 51 of Pixelated Perspectives Podcast. My name is Tanya Verquin. Thank you for taking the time to tune in to another episode. Today, I wanted to share with you the audio from a video I did. It was a live training video in my free private Facebook group, New Perspectives, Ditching the Conventional Health Paradigm to Feel Better. In that Facebook group, I go live every week to talk about um, some health concerns that have been coming up within the group. And we talk about it from the understandings and perspectives of the biological laws of nature of Dr. Hammer's medical discoveries. So this is one of the episodes that I did this past Friday. And I wanted to share it with you. The topic that we talked about today is joint pain and swelling. So basically arthritis, but we get into the whole muscle skeletal system and what the conflict theme is around all of those issues, any and all of the issues within that that uh, area. I hope you find amazing value in this episode. If you do, please share it with a friend, share it with somebody who you think will also get tremendous value. And if you enjoy this podcast, I would so appreciate you just taking the time to rate and review the podcast anywhere you listen to it. It just so helps me get this information out to to more people, help people understand their symptoms, to take their fear out of their symptoms and know what to do to feel better. If you want to join that free Facebook group, there's going to be a link in the show notes so that you can join. I also briefly share about my 10-week intensive coaching program that I have a couple spots available for uh, the remaining of the summer. So if you're interested in learning more about that, I'm going to leave my contact details, my email in the show notes as well so that you can reach out. All right, guys, enjoy. Oftentimes in life, circumstances require being viewed from alternate perspectives in order to gain new insights and awareness around them. Like stepping back from a painting of little shaded squares until it reveals the clear intended picture. Welcome to Pixelated Perspectives, the podcast intended to offer new perspectives into your health and overall well-being, explained through the lens of German New Medicine. I'm your host, Tanya Verquin. I'm an artist, family woman, and nature and life enthusiast. So let's get into it. Perfect. All right, you guys. So I'm excited today about getting into the, the topic. We're going to get into joint pain and inflammation. This is known as arthritis in conventional medicine. And uh, who, you know, who doesn't know somebody that um, experiences this or struggles with this? So for joint pain, for swelling, inflammation, we're dealing with um, everything concerning the, the skeletal muscle system. It is all controlled from the area in our brain called the cerebral medulla. And so being controlled from the cerebral medulla, these tissues, you know, the bones, the joints, the ligaments, um, tendons, muscles, they all have, they're all part of a very specific tissue group, germ layer group, and it's the mesodermal group. And so that means all of these tissues will respond in the exact same way. No matter if we're dealing with neck pain, right, um, like in the cervical spine or um, a lumbar spine issue or hip pain or, you know, elbows, knees, no matter where our joint pain is or we're struggling with it, 
it's all going to be um, controlled from the same area in the brain and has the same tissue germ layer. So it responds the same way whenever we have a conflict around this, this area. And so it'll all look kind of the same. It just has a special nuance, different nuances, depending on where it is within the body. So, you know, um, I hopefully, as you are watching these training videos, you're getting to understand that our symptoms most of the time, especially in when it comes to pain and swelling with inflammation in our joints, that pain is always part of a healing phase. It's a restoration phase. So as you get to know these biological laws of nature um, and how they work, what's, what's all included, you understand that symptoms like pain, like swelling, like inflammation and redness and tenderness, all of these are healing phase symptoms. So when we understand that, it takes the fear, it helps takes the fear away because we're not thinking, what's wrong with me? Like, why is my body acting this way? It's not a malfunction. It's not a dysfunction. Any condition like arthritis is not a dysfunction. So it's actually a very meaningful, senseful, biological response to what you have experienced or what you are currently experiencing. That is the cool thing is this knowledge takes away the fear. It takes that element out. And so without the fear, we're, our bodies have a greater amount of energy to do the healing, to carry it out. You know, because having that element of fear on top of it can also uh, initiate another conflict, which would initiate more biological responses. So physical adaptations in the body. And so it can become this, you know, this perpetuating loop of, you know, one thing after the other. But if we take that element of fear out, knowing that these, you know, the pain and the inflammation, there's a restoration process. And they're very, it's a very meaningful symptom response, then we can relax and we can allow our bodies to heal. We can support the healing, but without the fear. Let's get into what conflict content is related to, to this skeletal muscle system. So the main conflict theme around the muscle skeletal system is a self-devaluation a loss of self-worth or a loss of self-esteem, okay? And as I was saying, every part of that system, whether it's in the neck, elbows, feet, fingers, it'll all contain a different nuance. It has different nuances with how um, our mind perceives those type of conflicts. So we're going to get into that. So self-devaluation, just think of how, how many people and how easy it is to, to experience something like this. You know, even just as little, little kids, this can start so early at such a young age where, you know, we don't do as well as our parents think we should in school. And then we, we hear this comment or we hear a comment from the teachers that, you know, really catches us off guard and, and it makes us feel bad. It makes us feel stupid or not good enough, not intelligent, um, less than, right? Not worth it. So there's so many opportunities to experience this type of conflict. And this is why um, joint pain is so common. Like it's, everybody has joint pain, it seems like. Well, not everybody, but the majority of people. And like I said, it doesn't matter where in the body it's, it's showing up. It's so common. And it's still going to be around this conflict content, this theme of an inability 
conflict. I'm not able to. I, I can't do it. I can't do it well enough. So before I get into the specific areas, let's just cover the severity. So our pain and our like the symptoms we get are going to be a lot more intense and painful the more intense our conflict was, okay? And that's true for any biological conflict. Any sort of program, biological program that our body is running, the, the more intense those symptoms are, it tells us the more intense that our conflict, our conflict was, the conflict active phase. So keep that in mind. If you're dealing and you're dealing with, you know, arthritis in your fingers and it's, it's super intense, this is because it would have been a severe conflict as well as a long-lasting conflict. So just keep that in mind as we go through this. Okay, the, the most intense self-devaluation conflicts are going to manifest themselves in the bones. So they're the hardest tissue, and that means the most severe conflict, that will be the tissue affected in the bones. And then the more the less serious and less severe conflicts are going to reflect in those softer tissues. So we're talking the cartilage, we're talking... Um, the ligaments, the muscles, and also the lymph nodes. The lymph nodes come into play with these two. Let's start at the top of the head and work our way down. So anything time we're dealing with some sort of um, degradation of the bone or, or anything to do with the skull or the neck, the cervical spine, we're dealing with an intellectual self-devaluation or an, a moral self-devaluation, okay? So intellectual could mean, you know, you were made to feel stupid. You, you didn't do a good enough job on something. You failed at something. You, you know, you seemingly failed at something. So anything to make you feel silly or stupid or not smart enough, not intelligent, this would fall under the, the cervical spine and the skull. Now, a moral self-devaluation would mean a perceived injustice. So what wasn't fair? Like, what was it that you just can't, it, it's just not fair. You can't deal with it. That is so dis, it's so uh, dissatisfactory to you. Wow, my words. <laughs> um, there's dishonesty. Where where has things been dishonest? Who has been dishonest regarding you? Um, intolerance, feeling that you just, you cannot take the dissatisfaction. You can't take the the dishonesty. All of these things would affect the the neck. Okay, so think of intelligence, think of um, injustice. We have to expand our mind, expand our perception and our perspective on, on these when we're trying to ask, ask ourselves these questions. But yes, just, just know that where, you, where you're experiencing the joint pain, it's going to have these nuances depending on the location, okay? So upper and lower jaw, it doesn't matter upper or lower, it's still a bite conflict, unable to bite down, unable to maybe bite back to defend yourself. So this is the inability to do that. So maybe you're in a weaker position, you feel like you're in a weaker position. Hi, Marla, thanks for jumping in. Okay, frozen shoulder. Yes, Marla, we'll, we'll get into shoulders next. So so moving down from the jaw, we go to the shoulder. So there's a self-esteem self around the shoulders is all related to partner. So feeling that you're unable to be the best partner or the best mother, not good enough at being a partner or a wife or a husband, not good enough as a mom or a grandmother or a grandfather. 
right? Just not being a good partner. So it's related to partners. So a frozen shoulder would indicate if, you know, the mobility is, is not there. That means it's just been an ongoing, continuous conflict. You know, it could be resolved. Let's say it's, it's due to work. And, and um, ever since you started this one job, there's this, this colleague that you have and, you know, you're supposed to be working together, but they just make you feel incompetent and you, they make you feel like you're not a good work partner. And so every time you're at work, you're in a conflict activity. And then let's say you get home, you're out of that conflict activity. And so you move into a healing phase. And so it's going every time you go to work, boom, you're conflict active. So those tissues, that uh, tissue loss that occurs specifically in this program, it's, it's the bone loss, tissue loss. That's during the conflict active phase. And then when you're in healing phase, you're removed from the conflict. Essentially, you've resolved it. Then that tissue, that bone has to recalcify, right? And so it's got to repair. And it's the continuous loss of tissue um, and then the re repair of tissue, that ongoing, that produces that, um, that inability, that immobility in the shoulder. It gets stiff. And this is any joint. So this could be with hip, this could be elbow, knee, ankles, wrists, fingers, anything, the stiff neck. This would apply to anywhere specifically. It's just showing us that there's an unresolved self-devaluation. Okay, unresolved conflict. So specifically shoulders, it's going to have to do with partner. So again, it could be related to children. It could be related to spouse. It could be related to friends, to colleagues, to bosses, to to anybody, okay? But there's a, a self, loss of self-worth in there. I hope that answers your question, Marla. Okay, so let's move on to the elbow. Now, the elbow is, is a self-esteem, loss of self-esteem or devaluation regarding not being able to embrace, to hold, or... So think of what we do. We, what we do with our elbows, we, they're our ability, our capacity to hold something, to move our arms. So to be able to hold... Our inability to hold or or embrace something, hold onto, or fend off. So oftentimes we use our elbows to like get get things out of get things away from us. So to throw, to push, um, to to move away from us. So our inability to do that that is what is going to be around. That's the nuance around the elbows. You know, we often have like you hear of tennis elbow, right? You you hear people who are golfers that they're like, oh, you know, my elbows, they're, they're so sore every time, every time I play, like I've, I, I've been playing for years, so that's why. But we have to think on the, the level of the psyche, the subconscious mind, because that's where our conflicts are perceived. So how is your subconscious mind perceiving precisely this, this loss of self-worth or a devaluation, this loss of self-esteem? How is it related to your golf game or related to your tennis game okay this is these are questions we have to we have to go to this is how we need to think when it comes to being able to resolve these unresolved conflicts if anything's ongoing that means there's unresolved conflicts so we have to start asking these questions to start correlating them to our conflicts okay start correlating the symptoms to our conflicts so let's move down to the hand so the hand in general, anything to do with the hands, is the self-devaluation of, you know, uh, an ability to use your hands, not being good enough with your hands. So think of 
like artists, for example, if if um, an artist had a, a negative feedback, like some criticism with re their regard to their work, this could initiate a self-devaluation in the hands. I'm not I'm not good with my hands or, you know, something, anything to do with a manual task. So this could this could be anything, a farmer not being able to, um, you know, maybe save the little calf that he was trying to save when the when the cow was um, in labor. So literally we have to we have to get into our, our head and what were we doing? What what was it about that situation where there was a loss of self-esteem? So doing something incorrectly, doing something that you thought you could have done way better. So think of like somebody who works as a secretary and is in the office and, you know, her job is at the computer typing. And if she got like a poor job review, um, that could be perceived as I don't do my job well enough. And if if her subconscious, the psyche perceives her fingers, the, the computer as her job, that would affect her hands. So yes, broaden, we got to broaden our minds. I hope this is, you know, making some uh, connections. All of the, all of the fingers kind of have different nuances, but in general, it's still to do with a manual performance. So dexterity, you know, how, how is it you're using your hands and in what way are you feeling a self, a loss of self-worth regarding your hands or fingers? So the thoracic spine, you know, the mid spine in the back, that is to do with like a, a feeling defeated or feeling humiliated or degraded, right? It's um, something is where something is just out of order. Something's not right. Something doesn't feel right with your being. It's going to kind of manifest in the lumbar spine. So, you know, have a broad um, perspective when you ask these type of questions. What what has made you feel defeated? What has made you feel like something's not quite right with you? You know, what haven't you been able to um, to accept? You know, what is the self loss of self esteem relating to your your person, your being? Okay. Um, anything to do with ribs or the breastbones, it's going to, it's going to be, you know, again, in that area, there's a self loss, self, a loss of self worth or esteem in that area. Well, a lot of times people who are women who are diagnosed with a breast cancer, it'll affect their ribs or it'll affect the, you know, the breastbone. I have breast cancer. I'm not good there. And so it'll also affect the bones there. So just think of the location is is important as you're you're learning to see here. In the lumbar spine, that lower back, well, that's a self-devaluation of not feeling supported or you not being able to to support somebody else. So it's it's a theme around support. Okay, who is not supporting you, or who have you been unable to feel supported around, or who have you been unable to support yourself? So general questions of support. Um, you know, you could hear someone saying, oh, this just, this just breaks my back every time I think of this. Well, just again, listen to the, the words that we're saying, the words that people say when they describe situations. And then it really clues you into how their subconscious mind is perceiving that in the way they're perceiving it. Our words say so much. It's, they're so telling. And the tailbone 
it has to do, and same with the pubic bone, same with the pelvic bone. It's all a self-devaluation around um, sexuality, around maybe potency, the ability to to carry a child, the ability to um, procreate. It could have everything to do with this. The tailbone is also about the inability to to sit, the inability to possess something. So think of, you know, as I sit on this chair, um, you're, you're possessing something. It's a way that you're holding it. It's yours. And so if you can't hold something that you think is yours, you're unable to hold it or possess something, something's being taken away from you, this could affect the, the tailbone, right? So really interesting there. So as we move down, we're, we're kind of getting into the hip bones now. And the hip bone is all related to the inability to cope or manage, okay? Or the inability to preserve, to carry on. It's just too much weight, right? We often hear this. I just, I can't carry on. I can't, I can't deal with it. It's all too much. Well, this is the hips, Okay, a lot of people, I know a lot of people who have hip replacements and you ask them, you talk about, you talk to them about their life situations and what's happened and it's absolutely 100% true in every single case where they experience just not being able to cope. Life, the, the circumstances, the situations, the continuous experiences were all perceived as, I can't cope, it's, it's too much, it's too much to carry. I cannot carry on this way, Okay. Knees. Knees are a common one. Knees have to do with a, a self, the self-devaluation around a physical performance, okay? So athletes have this a lot. You know, we often see athletes or runners with the bandages around the knee or, you know, anything physical. When people are um, having knee issues, it's because there's a loss of self-devaluation or there's a self-devaluation around the physical performance, them not being able to perform as well as they need to. So a poor, given a poor physical performance, you know, playing, you know, messing up a play and then the team loses or something like that, or not being recognized for you thought you played well and you weren't recognized at all, that could be a loss of self-worth regarding, you know, this poor performance. Uh, Paris overwhelmed with the hips. Yeah, that all that's all in that. It would all encompass. It's just too much, too overwhelming for sure. Okay, so getting back to the knees, um, you know, not being able to run, not being able to, to jump, to move, to, to walk. So if somebody had an injury, let's say they, a physical injury, well, then that injury itself, the immobilization that that injury can cause, could also potentially cause a self-devaluation conflict around it because now you're you're not able to do what you did before. And maybe it's so frustrating that this has become a conflict, another conflict. So not only is the knee healing from the, you know, the physical injury, but now there's a current biological program happening because you feel devalued in that area. So that's the thing about any of the joints, any of muscles, ligaments, tissues. These are where when we've got the pain, when we've got the inflammation due to either a physical injury or, like I said, this self-devaluation theme, oftentimes the pain itself becomes a track. The pain becomes another conflict. It keeps uh, perpetuating the same conditions, the same symptoms over and over. 
And we get into this vicious cycle that it can be super, super hard to break because we haven't made the correlation. We haven't made the correlation that, okay, the pain in my knee was because, yes, I wasn't recognized for my efforts three years ago during that, that, uh, let's say you were in, I don't know, like literally anything. Let's say you're playing um, tennis or something and you thought you played amazing and yet you know, you were looking for recognition and no one said anything. In fact, all they did was talk about how they performed. And let's say that was that was the initiate that initiated that biological response in the knee for your the inability to the not being recognized issue. Well then that's gonna cause the the tissue loss, right? During the conflict active phase, there's tissue loss, so cell degradation. And then when you've healed it, the cells need to replenish. And it's that process again, as I was saying in the beginning, that causes the pain and causes the inflammation. And so the pain that you feel from that, that could in turn be like, ah, now I just can't, I can't go back and play. I can't do what I love to do. This is stopping me from doing the things that make me feel enough. They make me feel like I'm fit. And when I can't do those things, then I don't feel fit. And if I don't feel fit, then I feel like, like I'm good for nothing and I feel like I'm getting worse. Like what if it's just a downward spiral? So just think of how the inner the inner um, dialogue that what we tell ourselves on an ongoing basis, really get familiar and aware of what it is. And if you write it down and, and get it all out onto paper, it becomes really, really clear how this has become like this perpetuating issue and why it's as severe as it is. So I hope that makes sense. Um, if we move down to the ankles, the toes, the feet, it all has to do with our ability to, to walk, to move, to jump, to run. Our, so a self-esteem conflict of not being able to, uh, to move, to, to do what we need to do. It could be about um, somebody specific or, or something specific. I can't, I can't get out of the situation. I can't, I can't walk away. I'm tied, right? It could because it could be a location issue. So if you're dealing with, you know, that you you want to leave, you want to get out of a relationship, or you want to leave the house you're in, and you're you're not able to do it, or you feel like you're not able to do it, this could um, show up in either the toes or the feet or the ankles. So j- just think of we got to think generally. We have to open up our minds to the bigger picture and get a bird's eye view of the situation. So what is it that you weren't able to to move away from? What is it that was hard for you to do, the, the inability to deal with what you had to move through? Were you unable to keep your, your composure and balance? Because our subconscious mind refers to balance with our feet, right? We need all, all 10 toes and both feet on the ground to feel balanced, to feel grounded. So where weren't where was it or what was it where you were unable to keep balance, to keep stable, to feel stable? This will all have to, to do with the toes, feet, and ankles. So that in a nutshell, you guys, that is the conflict content regarding anywhere in the body as far as the skeletal muscle system. And those are the, the specific nuances. Now, the principle of laterality applies here. So what this means is that if something shows up, like let's say it's just your right elbow that is, you know, you've got 
um, you know, tennis elbow in. And it's not the left elbow. Or you've got a left hip that you've had to have a hip replacement or you're looking in to get a hip replacement and it's not the right one. Or if it's both, there's, there's a very specific biological purpose. It's not random which side of the body that your symptoms are showing up on. Okay, this is, there's no random, nothing at all random about the laws of nature. And specifically with the biological laws of nature. So the principle of laterality is, is that for one side of the body, it, res- it um, has to do or is associated with certain people and same with the, the other side. So for example, I am biologically right-handed. And so that means that anything that shows up as symptoms or conditions on the right side of my body will have to do with um, a partner. So anybody other than a mother or child. So a partner literally means it could be a dad, it could be an uncle, a grandparent, um, your spouse, your your colleagues, friends, aunts, uncles, cousins, anybody on this, on that. The le- my left side would be, it would be my mother-child side. So it wouldn't relate to anyone other than either my children or one of my children or my mother. Okay, that is the principle of laterality. If you are biologically left-hand, it's reversed. So your left side, if something shows up on the left side of your body, that would be your partner side. So anyone other than your mother or children. And your right side would be your mother-child side. Okay, so this helps us determine, it helps us be able to pinpoint who does the self-devaluation conflict, who is it associated with? Okay, so we gotta get clear on this. Now, just a quick note about laterality and handedness. Biological handedness doesn't necessarily mean it is the hand you write with, okay? A lot of people write with both hands and and use them equally. So how do you find out what your biological handedness is? Well, Dr. Hammer always, um, you know, gave the clap test. He said, clap. So it's the hand that is most on top. So if you just, you're sitting down and just without thinking, you start clapping, it's the hand that is mostly on top. If you clap like this, where you know, one hand isn't more on top than the other, then it'll be the hand that is moving the most. So oftentimes you you have to get somebody else to to watch because you won't be able to tell. But if I, any time that I clap, my right hand is always moving way more and it's not necessarily on top. Sometimes I do it like this and it's just like, it's the one that's moving. And same with animals. Obviously animals can't clap, but what is their dominant foot? Is it the, what is the foot they always step first with? What's the paw they always step forward with first? That'll be the dominant hand and that's the biological handedness. So once you know your biological handedness, then you know, you can see, okay, I've got the left knee problem and I'm right-handed. So that would be either related or regarding my, my mother or one of my kids or all my kids. Okay. And if you're left-handed and you got your your biological left hand and your your left knee is is the issue, then that's going to relate to your partner, anybody other than a mother or child, literally anybody other than that. All right. So how do we feel better? How do we get ourselves to feel better? And I know on every video, I repeat this because this is the process. The process is to make the conscious correlation, okay? Make the correlation between 
the symptoms that you're going through or the arthritis that you have, the condition that you've been struggling with, make the correlation that that is caused from a self-devaluation conflict. Ideally, we want to know what the conflict, we want to bring it to our conscious awareness. What was that situation? What was that time? What was the event that caused this initial self-devaluation? But if this is something that you've been, you know, you deal with for as long as you can remember, well, then it's very hard to identify that. So in that case, what we need to do is just making the correlation that even though I don't remember what that conflict was, I know it was a result of a self-devaluation conflict. So making that conscious correlation, that emotional correlation that my body is not, it's not a dysfunction, the arthritis, whatever is going on, it's not a dysfunction. It's a biological intelligent adaptation that's responding, still responding to that conflict. And as long as the conflict in the subconscious mind still feels relevant, you will still have that condition. You'll still experience it. So it's getting the subconscious mind, the psyche, to, to get on board with, I'm no longer, that, that no longer relates to me. I'm, I'm not that same person. It doesn't have any relevance now in my life. And I feel good. I feel safe to, to leave that in the past, right? To, to totally disconnect with that. Now, that is, that's a consciously, that's a conscious thing to do. That's our thinking mind, our, you know, our conceptual mind making these, these statements. It takes the subconscious mind to accept it. So there's, there's a lot of work. There can be a lot of work to get from that, you know, from consciously saying, yes, I'm over it. But if you're, as long as you're still experiencing the arthritis or joint pain anywhere, the subconscious mind hasn't, hasn't gotten through it yet. Okay, it hasn't accepted that you're over it. So the work then is, is identifying, well, what, what are the tracks? What are the things that continue to put me back into conflict relapse? What is it that continually I still feel self-worth regarding? What's that devaluation that I'm still feeling? Where is it in my life that I still don't feel enough or good enough or worthy? This is the inner work. So I know that this is a lot more work to do than just reaching your hand out for a pill, right? And just to treat the symptoms so that at least the pain goes away. This is a lot more work than just reaching our arm out. But if we want lasting results, this is the work that's necessary. And so, you know, that that's it. That's That's the work. And it sounds simple. And in reality, it is. It is simple, but it is not easy because... There's so many different ways that we can reprogram and, and you know, reprogram beliefs and, and our subconscious mind. But that takes work. That takes effort. That takes continuous um, action on our part. Like every single day, a lot of us are willing to do it. But it takes more than just, okay, I'm going to tell myself I'm going to do it and then I should do it, right? It's to the subconscious mind doing something different than what you've always done, that that's not in a safe zone. That the subconscious mind wants to protect you, right? That's the whole pro that's the whole purpose of starting these biological programs of nature is to help you cope with what you're going through. And so if it feels like, you know, what 
you're you're wanting to move out of that that's that's like out of your comfort zone you're it's a danger it perceives it as a a threat because what is unknown is it could be dangerous right so it's like no 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 don't you don't have to go and journal today like you're fine you did it yesterday don't worry about it or no no you don't have to go and you know start contemplating these thoughts why don't you just get on your phone and scroll like that would be way more entertaining right? These are what we deal with every single day, all of us, because the subconscious mind wants, its job is to protect you. It's to keep you the same so that it's predictable, right? That nothing scary is going to happen. So it's, there's a lot of work involved and a lot of this has to do, it's, it's helpful with coaching. And um, so that's one of the things that I offer as well. I do, uh, I have a, an intensive 10-week coaching program where I walk my clients through, I walk with them to overcome chronic conditions like arthritis. So if that is something that you feel you could use mentorship around, coaching around to hold you accountable, to help you identify what are those old beliefs, what are those old, those triggers and tracks that are keeping you in place, the patterns, the thought patterns. If you need help around that, just leave in the comments, coach, and I will reach out to you. And uh, we can see if, if it's a fit, if it's something that I feel confident to help you with. So um, I hope this has been super helpful. I hope that you guys have had some insights. Maybe you've had like a breakthrough about, oh my gosh, I know what this is. Like I, I know the conflict. So if you have, leave a comment. I'd love to hear any of your takeaways. It would be, it'd be amazing to hear. So um, yes, thank you so much for those of you who joined me live. Um, Paris and Debbie and Marla. It's so great. I will see you guys next week with another live video. All right. Have a fantastic day, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into this episode. If you found some value in it, please consider subscribing and leave an honest review in iTunes. I'd love to help get this information out to more people and go ahead and share it with a friend. You can reach and connect with me at tanyaverquin.ca or on the socials at tanyaverquin.